Good morning, Minneapolis, and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I am an extreme extrovert. So today, I guess, today's a good day in Minneapolis. It's getting warmer. Um, the weather still has snow on the f- on the ground, but it's that warm stuff where, you know... I'm wearing uh, capris today, <laughs> even though, you know, I know it's cold, but um, what's nice is it's cold, but it's not that cold, <laughs> and after a long winter of always being cold, um, you know, a little glimpse of warmth is really nice. Anyway, so... I actually have been, I've been pretty busy because a few days, oh boy, I can't even talk today, sorry. A few days ago, I had a relapse. I relapsed and used. And I want to just warn everyone, every, oh see, I can't even talk this morning. Wow, be patient with me. Okay, so I want to warn everybody that I am going to be talking extensively about using. So if that is triggering for anybody, you can listen to the other podcasts or move on with your day. Anyway, so yesterday, not yesterday, but the day before, kind of looked something like this. I was minding my own business. I was hungry. And lunchtime is kind of busy in the city sometimes. Even if you want to try to find a quick bite to eat, that sometimes is not very easy. And I didn't have enough time because I was pulling a double. And so I went to this one restaurant. And I was like, hey, do you guys have a food menu? And they were like, yeah, but, you know, our, our since we're switching out the kitchen, um, you know, we won't be serving food for, like, another, I don't know, 45 minutes or something. Or another hour. It will take a while, because we're switching out our kitchen. But, you can sit at the bar. And for me... In my mind process, I knew this was trouble. I realized a few things about myself through this journey of sobriety. I never thought of myself as really an insecure person. Or a shy person. But I guess, in a way, I kind of am. And when she was like, hey, you know, you could sit at the bar and wait. I had this feeling in my gut always trust your gut, I feel like. And when I get in trouble, I usually put this gut feeling aside. And this is just me. I always push my gut aside for some reason. I don't really take it with too much seriousness. And I'm learning that I kind of have to take it with serious. It's, It's harder said than done. But I had that gut feeling and I was like, shit, I shouldn't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Other people can do it, but not me. And I knew 
if I put myself in that situation that I would most likely use. I knew it. I knew it in my head. But, you know, I was thinking, since I had been sober for so long, I was like, I have a superpower now. It's dangerous. Sometimes when you do so well in life, or you succeed so far with something, you start looking at the world in a clean mindset. But this mindset can also be very dangerous. Because... (coughs) Oh god, excuse me. I had to cough there for a second. But like, honestly, like... Sometimes... uh, Sometimes when you are too far in the clean mind. So there's two, there's several types of minds and how people like to phrase it. There's the addict mind, the clean mind, and then the clear mind. The addict mind, I like to view it as like, you know, you're, you're active in your addictions. And when you're active in, in your addictions, You're just chasing the substance. And I hate that feeling. I hate being active in an addiction because you're going about your life. You're spending money you don't have. You're sneaking around trying to get a stupid substance, right? But it happens because you're active in your addiction. And when you're too far, it's like a pendulum. On the left is the addict's mind. In the middle is a clear mind where you want to be and... On the far other side is a clean mind. And me, I was in the clean mind. I thought, oh, I've been sober for so long. I can't handle this. One can, can't do nothing for me. And it gets tricky. I was stuck in that mindset. Because I had been so successful for so long. So I think I had pushed myself to a limit that I really shouldn't have put myself in. But I did. And so I sat at the bar. And I asked the bartender, I was like, you know, I know your kitchen is not open. But some bars have like, you know, peanuts or something, you know. And I did have only a little bit of time before I had to get on my way. And have other priorities that I had to get fixed. And he was like, oh no, sorry, we don't, not here. And I was like, okay. And he was like, well, what would you like to drink? And if I had been in the clear mind, I would have been like, you know, get a coffee, get an orange juice, get a water. If that's not, if I'm not able to do that while I'm sitting at the bar, I should have got up and left. But I was shy for some reason. I didn't want to say no to the waitress. I also had been two other places before trying to get some food and I was just playing ass tired (laughs) and I should have just well I can't say I should have because it happened already but if it happens again and I don't feel like I'm capable I'm going to walk away this is what I've learned from this situation I have to stand up for myself and say no thank you See, I'm a self-conscious person, so saying no to somebody is like standing up for myself. It's not very easy for me. I like to, like, I'm a 
person pleasing person. <laughs> I like. I I'm also like a Libra. I don't like conflicts. I don't like confrontations. I like things to be peachy and rainbows all the fucking time, and that's not reality. But this is the reality that I like to paint for myself. If I have control of it. And in this case, because I was so concerned about, you know, the waitress or everybody else, I put myself at risk. And so when the bartender came and asked me what I wanted to drink, I was, it just came automatic. My go-to, I just said it. Rolled off the tongue just like that. And when I got my drink, I drank it. And I was like, you know what? I'll be fine. I only had one. I'll be okay. Trying to reassure myself that I wasn't an addict. (laughs) The clean mind can be very, very tricky sometimes. Because it likes to fool you when you're, like, doing well for so long. Sometimes you feel like you have a superpower. Sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world. Not like a conceited person, but like in your own abilities. And so then I went about my way. Um, finished up my priorities. And then at the end of the day, because I had tasted that on my mouth, I wanted more. I wanted more, so I was like, you know, I was so good that one time. I was like, I'm done with work now, you know, and I I was okay, so let me just go out. I decided to go out. I went and went out dancing at a club, and I ended up getting really, really, really belligerent. And I woke up. And I looked at myself, and I was like, yep, not surprised here. Don't know who you're fooling. It's upsetting. I already cried a lot about it. It's upsetting to look at yourself after you do something that you know is against your values. It's it's devastating. And I realized something about myself. In regards to sobriety, I like to think of myself as three separate sections. The brain, the body, and the spirit. I'm not religious. I'm not religious, but I do understand this concept of brain, body, and spirit. Um, and for me, it, it makes it better for... To understand myself. Because when you're feeling really emotional, when you're feeling really depressed, when you're feeling really anxious, I think of it as my brain. My brain is not feeling up to date. My brain needs a little bit more help than all the other elements of my body. And when I relapsed, my brain had my... uh, uh, The addiction part of my brain just took control. I wanted to feel the relief. I had been so stressed from the weeks. And it's important 
when you relapse or when you do something that you don't want to do or do a behavior, it's good to look at what happened before. What had triggered me before? The week before. I was putting on a lot of work on myself. Doubles, 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 doubles. Pushing myself. Because when I get out of rehab, I want goals. You know, I want to move to a different state. Go on new adventures. I want to continue school. And I I was pushing, pushing, pushing myself. And I wasn't listening to my... My body, my body was stressed. There were days that, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep. And there was a friend that came over the following weekend. I slept very little. And then the next weekend, even though I pulled two doubles, I went to a friend's house and hung out with them until 2 a.m. And... I was making my body sick. I have to listen to myself. Because now... Now my spirit is crushed. I was not listening to my body. I was not listening to my brain. And now my spirit... Is... Crushed. And it's important to balance those three things. So yesterday, I was lucky enough to take a few day, a few hours off of my busy schedule and just sit back and relax. Here's a siren coming. <laughs> it might get kind of loud here. It's a busy time in Minneapolis. Busy, busy time, especially since it's warm. Everybody's out now because they like to enjoy the day. But balancing these three is the whole challenge of sobriety in general. And when I think about sobriety, I don't think so much about like, oh, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. I think more about I'm prioritizing health. I'm prioritizing self-care. I'm prioritizing listening to my body. And for me, this has been a new journey just because when, you know, when I was younger, a lot of my life consisted of doing things that I did not want to do. And this, you know, I'm not going to go into grave, great, great detail into that, but, you know, a lot of my young life, I, I learned... That you can't do things without thinking. Because you don't if you don't want to do something, whether it's you know, um giving someone a special kind of attention or, you know, partaking in uh I don't know, in any kind of activity. In my life it was all kind of abuse related, but you kinda learn to turn off your brain. You kind of learn to ignore your feelings. You learn and you condition yourself that these feelings and these thoughts only get 
in the way of your survival. And so after I got out of this situation, I guess I didn't realize that I was using alcohol kind of as a coping mechanism whenever I would feel afraid, whenever I felt like I didn't want to do something, whenever I felt like I was stressed. And some people don't really have an issue with substances. And you people, you're lucky people. (laughs) Oh, man. Sometimes I feel like I wish I was normal, you know? I told my addictions counselor, I was like, I wish I was a normal person. I wish I was a person that could have one drink and then be like, oh, I'm fine. But maybe, you know, and I I guess with relapse, that's the idea that I always have. I always have this idea that, like, I'm normal now. I've cured myself. I'm like normal people. (laughs) But the truth is, nobody's really normal. But... That was just my thought process. I kind of chased for something that didn't exist. An expectation that was unrealistic for me. And it does hurt, you know, looking in the mirror and being like, you're not like those people. As much as you want to be, you will. You can't be like those people. And because that's such a big goal, saying you will never drink again, or never use again, one thing that has really helped me in rehab is the thought that, like, I am going to be sober today. I'm going to be sober for an hour. After an hour, I can be like, okay, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to be sober for another hour now. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Maybe I can go another. And just making it to be small little goals. So that you're not bombarding yourself with these huge expectations. Because it can be overwhelming. Now one thing you have to remember is that... Even if you're an alcoholic and you do did stupid shit. Like maybe you... Well, I shouldn't say stupid. But maybe you like got a DUI. Or maybe you committed a crime. Or maybe you did something that you regretted. And you're chasing this ideal of being normal. There's a lot of people that don't even drink and do stupid shit too. <laughs> We're all human. And I'm proud of myself because at least I don't usually do stupid shit if I'm not using. (laughs) Usually I'm a boring person if I don't use. And that's one thing I'm proud of myself. Is at least I have a good head on my shoulders when I'm not using. When I'm not using, when I am a sober person, when I'm prioritizing health, when I'm a healthy person... I listen to people. 
I listen to people and I'm respectful. I try to learn about others. I'm curious to learn and to push myself and to be the best person that I want to be. I don't judge people that are active in their addictions though. Because I think that they are stuck in the foggy mindset, the addiction mind. And it's easy to be stuck there. Trust me, I was stuck there for 17 years. I was stuck there two days ago. And I I don't judge people for that. Because you don't know what they're going through. And even if they have an exceptional life, the part in their brain that they've used for so long has probably associated that substance with relief of some kind. And I'm not going to blame anyone or judge anyone for trying to survive or trying to cope. But I feel I do want to warn you though that I feel like the longer you wait to try to fix it, maybe I shouldn't say fix it, the longer you wait to be like, hey, you know, I don't want to drink when I'm stressed. I'm going to go for a run. I don't want to do this when I'm like, you know, feeling upset or hurt or scared. Sometimes people don't have a choice. Sometimes they're physically being abused. And they have no other choice. But if you have the choice and you are and you want to, I would highly recommend that you do it sooner than later. Because now I'm almost 30 years old. And the feelings, the thoughts, the traumas, the abuses that I had experienced... From 10 years old to about 17, 18 years old, they all come to the surface. Now I have to try all those feelings that I had restricted. All those hurts that I hid. They all come to surface. And it's not pretty. It's not fun. (laughs) The sooner you can deal with these... Some people like to call them, like, you know, demons. Or something like that. I I don't really consider them demons because... I don't know. A demon, I feel like, is more of a entity, kind of. But it is kind of like an internal demon. It is... Something that surfaces. And... Your recovery doesn't have to be concrete. This is one thing that I don't like about like people that are like, oh, you know, just don't use. Like, you know, like, you don't have to drink. Why don't you just do this? Well, it's easier said than done. And for some people, sobriety might look like I only drink on weekends. Or I only drink at this point. You know, that's the beginning. You kind of have to weed it off. You kind of have to weed it off like every substance. You know, it's not healthy to just go out your day, about your day, and be like, oh, today I'm not going to do it. 
Some people are lucky and some people can't. I have known some people that used to drink a lot and then they just kind of have the willpower to fix it themselves and not do it. Well, these people are the 1% of people because it's not everybody. And most likely it's not you. And I think that it's always good to know your limits. Know your limits in your life. You know, for me, I started my sobriety journey in 2017. Might get a little loud here. <laughs> Noises of Minneapolis. They're shoveling up some of the snow. <laughs> but anyway. For me, my sobriety journey started in 2017. I looked at myself and I was like, you know what? I noticed that I kind of go into an unhealthy drinking pattern. Starts with one and it starts with two. And then I start drinking, drinking, drinking. And it's because me, I like the taste. I'm not like those people that like, you know, mix their drinks with, you know, the juice and all this crap. No, I, I never was that person. I was always a whiskey on ice. Vodka, sauna, water. I genuinely liked the taste. It, The taste for me, when I taste it, I feel instant relief. I, I always... Um, stored my stress in my throat and it started that way because when I was little when I was a younger person growing up I was taught that your voice does not matter you have to restrict your voice you are only spoken to when you are asked a question or addressed all other opinions you need to put aside or swallow so when I get stressed or really upset, my throat gets tight. You can feel it coming right now. But don't worry, I'm not triggered. <laughs> um, but, and when I drink cold vodka or whiskey or whatever on ice, it would give me an instant relief. Or so I thought. It doesn't cure right away. And it doesn't cure your problems, that's for sure. But physically... It just... And with alcohol... Once you're... Drunk... You say whatever... You want. And that's me. I drink so much and I talk so much. Say mean things. Say good things. Say anything. And as a young person that had just got fresh out of an abusive situation and started college, I was liberated. I was free. And alcohol brought me into a world of socializing. I had tons of friends when I never had friends before. I had experiences. I had romances. I was studying. I was meeting people from all around the world. From living a very shallow, narrow life. 
where I had to get up in the morning and do things exactly at a certain time and dress a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way and for me to be free was exciting. And I don't regret any of those decisions that I made. But this is how I understand how it started. So in 2017, I graduated college in 2015. And binge drinking in college is a thing. (laughs) It's a normal thing. Everyone does it. You binge drink, then you go get up, and you spend eight hours working, studying, doing your thing, and you do it all over again on the weekends. But after you get out of college, it's not that cool anymore. It's not normal. And I realized this really quickly. I would work all day, all day, all day, and then on weekends, I would binge, and I was like, huh. I've noticed that I am the only person that does this. Because <laughs> it's not normal once you're older. Once you're older, you're somehow supposed to take those experiences and be like, okay, I'm done. And like some people couldn't. But I also realized that they were not using it for the same reason that I was. I was using alcohol to feel power. To feel sexy. To feel independent. To feel free. And now, thank God my life, thank God my life is not even close (laughs) to how it was before. And I'm, I don't, I'm not a religious person, but I do pray and I do wish and I do hope that I never ever experience anything close to what I had experienced in my past. I hope that life, if I stay in my clear mind, I will stay focused and only attract good people that respect me. And in order to do that, sobriety has to be a thing. Because you don't want to be stuck in that life of using, especially if you Notice that you're attracting the wrong people. And thank God I have not attracted no wrong people. Thank God. Thank Buddha. Thank Allah. Thank all the gods in the world. Thank the universe. I don't know. (sighs) But I do still have to learn how to love myself and respect myself. And that is the most important thing of all. Because no one else will stand up for you. Only I can stand up for myself. Sometimes I have this weird notion that, like, people should know things, you know? And they don't. (laughs) Why would they? They can't read minds. But for some reason, I have this notion, like, if if I'm feeling sad, that people should just know. And this is... (laughs) This is crazy! No one's gonna ever know how you're feeling or what's triggering you. I have to stand up for myself. I have to say, hey, you know, this is not working for me. I have to be my best friend. And this is my personal journey through sobriety. Is I'm learning that I am in control of my life. 
it's okay to not understand your emotions. Because trust me, there are emotions that will come out from who knows what. And it's my job to figure that out for me. Because I have to learn to love myself. And when I am sober, I am showing myself that I respect myself and that I love myself. And that I am worth sobriety. I'm worth having a happy life. I'm worth being healthy and prioritizing my well-being because I'm worth it. And you are too. I really appreciate everyone that has been listening to my podcast. And I really hope that whatever you do about your day, whether it is highly stressful or rough or easy, just remember that... Just remember to try to love yourself. Be patient with yourself. Be kind. Because at the end of the day, you're the only one you really have. (laughs) And we can do it. And with that, have the safest, safest of travels.